Sunrift Adventures and Historic Travelers Rest South Carolina has been outfitting the foothills for over 37 years with the best boats, bikes, tents, and more. With great brands, Sunrift has you covered for every adventure. Stop into Sunrift Adventures' unique outdoor shop and say hello today. Go to sunrift.com for more information. That's sunrift.com. Nature's Edge is brought to you by the Angler Magazine of Western North Carolina, Western North Carolina's only magazine dedicated to the fishing enthusiast. Pick one up at over 400 locations throughout Western North Carolina or visit them online at theanglermagazine.com to find out more. And be sure to follow them on Facebook, Angler Magazine of Western North Carolina.com. Hey guys, welcome to Nature's Edge. This is your humble host, Dale Stewart. You know, in the past decade, wildlife trafficking, the poaching or other taking of protected or managed species, and the illegal trade in wildlife and their parts and products has escalated. Wildlife crime is a big business. It is run by international networks, and wildlife and animal parts are trafficked much like illegal drugs and arms. Wildlife trafficking is thought to be the third most valuable illicit commerce in the world after drugs and arms. We're going to talk about this today with our guest, Mr. Mark Fowler. Mark is National Geographic Channel filmmaker and Emmy-nominated television host and producer. He is also a nature and wildlife ambassador at the Grace Farms Foundation. And I might add that Mark is the son of well-known wildlife expert, Jungle Jim Fowler, host of Mutual of Omaha's Wild Kingdom. Mark, welcome to the show. Great to be here, Dale. Thanks for having me. You bet, buddy. Why don't we just uh, jump right in there uh, and, and tell us a little bit about Grace Farms before we get into some of the other things. Sure. I am the uh, I am the Nature Initiative Director here at Grace Farms Foundation in New Canaan, Connecticut, and we are a cultural and community center with an 80 acre preserve um, that's an all natural 80 acre preserve, and a very ultra modern headquarters here um, on campus. So we are we essentially are a we're sort of like a cultural center as well as a think tank where we deal with large issues like human trafficking or wildlife trafficking, as well as, in my case, with the um, Nature Initiative, I work to connect families and adults to back to nature because, as you know, we have never been more disconnected from the natural world than we are today. We may be digitally connected, but we have never been more disconnected with nature. So um, on a, here at Grace Farms, I work on that level locally to connect kids and families back to nature and restore habitat. And then on an international level, we work to uh, protect and restore endangered species. Yeah, and you know, Mark, you're certainly an, an eloquent spokesman uh, for wildlife and our natural world. And uh, I do want to talk to you a little bit about the work that you have been doing uh, in in Africa and, and especially with uh, with poaching and, and uh, illicit trade in, uh, in animal parks. Uh, could you talk a little about that for us? Sure. 
So we have one of the unique things we have here at Grace Farms is we have a law enforcement arm to our to our foundation. Uh, my colleague is was the former head of Homeland Security, Connecticut, and he's worked in human and gun and um, human arms and drug trafficking his whole career uh, for about 30 years as a federal special special agent. So what happened was, I, I, when I came on board, um, you know my background as a wildlife spokesperson and, um, and as an advocate for the natural world through you know, my legacy, through, the, through my father, Jungle Jim Fowler, and the last 20 years of being involved in uh, endangered species protection. So we teamed up and we started exploring the, 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 the status of wildlife trafficking. So it turns out, you were right in your intro. The four largest crimes, organized crimes in the world are guns, drugs, human trafficking, and wildlife trafficking. And in many cases, these are the same organizations. It can be a terrorist organization like Comey, Comey's organization, the Comey's Lord Resistance Army in the Democratic Republic of Congo. They traffic arms, humans, and ivory. And in fact, they make their, most of their money on selling ivory, which they then trade for guns and 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 you know women, and then they um, sell those up into the into the Sudan. So that's how they fund their their um, destabilizing efforts. So you know it's very interesting to see that these that these um, it, you know the bad guys and these crime syndicates all they care about is money. They don't care what they're trading: humans, wildlife, guns, drugs. They don't care what it is. To them, it's just about making money. So what we realized is we could start attacking the wildlife trafficking. Um, you treat it as if it's organized crime. And once you start doing that and or- working with law enforcement and NGOs, uh, wildlife NGOs co- collaborating, that's where the magic starts happening. Um, oftentimes, they don't work together. But what we do to get at Grace Farms, and I think what's unique to our strategy, is to work with law enforcement and empower them to go after the bad guys, and we're getting a lot of results through our work. Now, Mark, I know you guys go over to Africa, uh, especially uh, in the Tanzania area, and, and uh, are you working and actually training uh, the law enforcement personnel there and, and supporting yeah. them? Yes, so it, there's a, it's a multi-step process, but we start off with these uh, national or even uh, multinational uh, trainings where we will bring together, for instance, Four African countries and four Asian countries to the same, you know, to the same location. It's going to be the law enforcement from those four countries: customs, immigration, um, wildlife law enforcement. So it's all the and even prosecutors, and they'll 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 send delegates. So we'll have you know up upwards of forty people in the room from eight different countries: four from Africa, which is the source countries where the ivory is poached. And then four from Southeast Asia, where all of the ivory and the rhino horn is shipped, so that it can then be trafficked into China. So we work with multiple countries at a time, um, and we we basically are doing these high-level inv- how to build cases, how to how to collect evidence, how to identify the crime syndicate, and then how to go after and then going after the bad guys. So once we do the trainings, we then go into the um, operational phase where we build real cases and then eventually start going after the bad guys themselves and breaking up these crime syndicates. And Mark, how long has this initiative been going on? 
You know, we've been doing this for a couple of years now, um, working with um, working directly with the countries. And so, you know, I have to say, the U.S. has been pretty. The U.S. is a real leader in this because one thing we do know is how to how to go after um, international criminals. Um, you know, we because of because of 9/11 and because of the drug wars, et cetera. You know, we do know how to go after um, international crime. So we're applying that we're applying that knowledge the U.S. has. So through the State Department, U.S. Fish and Wildlife uh, investigations, you know, all of these different arms are now, and the U.S. government is funding this anti-transnational organized crime trafficking. They are funding these trainings through USAID, et cetera. And what we're doing is is is, is donating and uh, giving our expertise to the team. So the 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 um, law enforcement training, which my colleague Rakatabi does, he'll be working with with all of these investigators from how to build a case and prosecute it from A to Z. And then I work on building the public-private partnerships, which are so important. You know, you you need to have there's government money, and then you also have to have the people that are trying to stop to save the wildlife, the conservation side. You have to have their donors also contributing because that way you can go after it from both ends and and really make a difference. Mark, is the NGO world bought into uh, what you're doing? You know, that's what's unique. I mean, look at what's happening around the world. Um, to be honest with you, you know, I saw the I saw the landscape about three years ago when we started this work. My colleague and I started at Grace Farms, and we saw it the landscape. And the truth was that there's huge multinational wild, you know, conservation NGOs, wildlife conservation NGOs, and they, they get a lot of the funds um, through donations by huge donors and foundations. And there's also, I mean, a good example of where, we've, where it's been going for the last 20 years is, you know, look at, look at rhino horn um, and, and rhino poaching. In South Africa alone, and this is, this is a true stat, in South Africa alone there are 450 rhino organizations, okay? And over the last 10 years, they've only been able to reduce the poaching of rhinos by 100 rhinos. It was 1,300 a year, now it's 1,200 a year, and that's over 10 years. So if you think about that, that's millions and millions of dollars going into this and they're not getting results. And I would argue the reason they're not getting results is because the, every one of these NGOs compete against each other and are, be, are, are basically begging the donors for the same dollars, and they're not collaborating. So when you, if you don't collaborate and you're all going after the same goal and you're all competing against each other, you get nothing done. So we saw that problem, and we said, you know what, we've we got to do something totally different. We, if we're going to actually pursue this and try to make a difference. We have to do something that nobody's doing. And the reality is there are very few NGOs that are directly supporting law enforcement in Africa. Yeah. There's maybe there's one that's doing an amazing job called PAMS Foundation, P-A-M-S Foundation, and they're one of our partners in Tanzania. They are directly supporting the National Anti-Poaching Task Force and are getting major Results and it's completely different than these these big NGOs and and these smaller ones that are all competing. They're they're advocating on behalf of the rhino or they're trying to do demand reduction. But in reality, you need to work with the country and the law enforcement to actually get the arrests and get the prosecutions. And we believe this model, which is very new strategy, we believe that it's working. 
I was going to ask you: Are you are you already seeing some some proof that uh, that you're on the right track? Yeah, you know what's really fascinating is um, we started these trainings working with our, our partners with USID Freeland Foundation. You know, they are our partners in this. And I will tell you, we started in the Congo in February of 2018. These uh, international trainings, and within two months, they had already taken down. Two, two transnational um, African and Asian crime syndicates. They had made twenty or thirty. Arre- they had made upwards of twenty arrests. Um, government government officials as well, and actually broken up the crime syndicates. So that was pretty amazing to see the quick turnaround when you get these countries to start sharing intelligence, sharing case information from Africa to Asia or bordering countries in Africa, sharing intel. Collaborating together, you know, they all, we a lot of these people know who the bad guys are, and it's really just about getting working together to get the evidence, working with the law enforcement, the NGOs to get the evidence, to build the cases, and to go after the bad guys. And I'm telling you, you know, that was that was an eye opener in the, what we had happen in um, in the Congo, and uh, and since then we've done four or five of these of of these training slash in special investigative groups. And I'll tell you something. I was just in Cambodia um, doing the Asian side. I was with three African countries, and I was doing the Asian side of the training. We were with customs from Cambodia, and, and the question was, if you were to find, if you were to get intelligence that there was ivory in a container, how would you process the scene? How would you maintain the evidence? How would you build the case if you only had 48 hours to do so and to start and to get all the information? Here's the amazing thing. Ten days after we did our training, they seized the largest ivory seizure in their history. 3.4 tons of ivory was seized in the port. They followed all the protocols, and they started an investigation um, on the Africa side. And, I mean, this is really powerful stuff. So we are, we, I, I believe we're getting results. We're getting major seizures, and we're going after the bad guys. That's That's great, Mark. I mean, that's... I'm I'm like you. I mean, there's we've been doing, uh, you know, the anti-poaching and the trafficking uh, uh, the same way for so long, and and as as you uh, stated, it just hasn't worked. So it's it's always great to hear new ideas and new ways of doing it, and and really taking uh, taking lessons that that uh, our law enforcement uh, have learned uh, in in dealing with things like uh, drugs and and guns and. And, and putting that into play, and it certainly does seem to be uh, be working. Yes, sir. Yeah, no, we're very we're very excited to work with law enforcement. You know, something else. Here's something very interesting I learned. You know, the bad guys only care about money. So nowadays, because of the Patriot Act, due to 9/11, every bank that does business or ever trades in dollars. They are also bound by the Patriot Act. That's worldwide. Yes. So that means if you get if you get some intelligence, some legitimate intelligence on a trafficker, you know, in that country, they can put in a request to freeze the assets, and that freezes the international assets of these bad guys. So it's it's really fascinating how this works, and um, you know, we're just there facilitating training, building partnerships. And, and and working together with law enforcement to get the job done. But, you know, ultimately my passion, you know, as Jungle Jim Fowler's son, my passion is I, I grew up surrounded by, you know, the most beautiful animals on earth traveling throughout Africa. 
um, and down on our Georgia farm with our, you know, with wildlife. Yeah. And so my passion is to really to save these incredibly majestic animals like elephants and rhinos and lions, um, the big cats. You know, many of them are all in, are in trouble. So we just so teaming up with the people whose job is to break up this crime. You know, that makes sense to me. Well, it does, and you know, I'm right there with you uh, uh, on that, and and have been for a long time. And and uh, man, what you guys are doing is is not only working, but uh, looks like uh, the future for the bad guys may be uh, slowly but surely coming to an end. Yes, I'll tell you something. This is really fascinating. Tanzania, because they took this approach of getting everyone in their government, they made it a national emergency. They within in four years between 2010 and 2014, Tanzania lost 70 plus percent of its elephants. Elephants in four years. Now yeah. that blows my mind. They went from 110,000 elephants to 37,000. Okay. That then they realized it was a national emergency because tourism is one of their biggest is one of their biggest industries, and if, if they don't have elephants and rhinos and animals, a lot of people won't go there, and that, that industry goes away. So it was a national emergency, and they started a national anti-poaching task force that has the military, the police, the prosecutors, the rangers, everybody's on board, okay? And now, in four years, between 2014 and 2018, Dale, they reduced poaching by 80%. Yeah. Okay, I mean, talk about results. And by the way, the only organization funding them is the PAMS Foundation. They are the only group funding them directly, and they've completely, now they are the shining example of how to stop poaching. So, so that's what I believe is, you know, we can really make a difference. And even though this stuff is so hard to talk about and, you know, poaching and, and seeing the trafficking, et cetera, is so challenging, my belief is we can only think, make things better. Oh, I agree with you. Well, Mark, we got about uh, four minutes left, and I can't let you go without. Uh, we've mentioned your dad several times, uh, Jungle Jim Fowler. I, I've got to ask, what was it like growing up with uh, with, <laughs> with your amazing dad? You know what? I've got. I got to tell you something, man. There was never a boring moment. Um, you know, growing up with with Jungle Jim and and traveling on the set of wild kingdom i was real lucky you know we were chased by a herd of elephants when i was probably three years old going about 40 in these um in these range rovers through these huge ravines and there's a dust cloud of 50 elephants charging us you know things like that were were, were sort of commonplace in the fowler household so you know i i was lucky enough to grow up with you know we we grew up with um, a wildlife preserve, um, and my dad was building free-roaming wildlife parks. So we had, you know, we had a, we grew up with a pack of wolves and lions and tigers, and um, and it was all free-roaming where the people, the animals are in the free-roaming areas, and the people are in the in the covered. They're sort of in the cages. That was dad's right. concept. So, so you know, there's, it, I, I'm so grateful um, to have grown up in this, you know, in a wild family. I would put it. And um, it, it opened a lot of doors for me to pursue the passion. But, you know, the reality is once you – I've, I've, I've heard your work and I've read your quotes, Dale. You know, once you're exposed to the natural world and the beauty of it, you want to become a spokesperson to save it. And, and, and I was lucky enough to be exposed my whole life. And, and therefore, I'm really 
you know, personally driven, um, as well as working with Grace Farms and, and the Explorers Club, uh, which I'm the head of the conservation at the Explorers Club. I'm, we're driven to, to preserve nature, connect, connect the public with it, and, and protect wildlife. You know, that's my personal mission. Yeah, you know, uh, your dad, uh, I can remember, of course, watching him on Mutual of Omaha's Wild Kingdom, but I think some of my fondest memories was he was on what the Johnny Carson show seemed like every week there for a while with uh, with animals and and uh, I must say he he is one of the uh, one of the people that really got me uh, interested in in the life that you and I have been fortunate enough to lead. Yeah, man, you know, Dad was you know he, we're, he's a Georgia boy. He was yeah. born in South Georgia, and I I was born there, and we we have long hundred plus year history with our you know, with our family farm there. So, you know, he sort of took that common sense knowledge of growing up on a farm and, and applied it to working with wildlife. And I'll tell you, it was amazing. You know, Wild Kingdom was on the air from 1960 to 1989. Yeah. So they reached millions of people, and I'm just so proud of Dad's legacy. And he inspires me every day. You know, he's uh, he's up there in years, but he's He's still that passionate spokesperson for the natural world, and um, and we're, you know, I, I, I'm so grateful that for him. And now I want to carry on the legacy in a way that deals with these new issues. You know, there was no transnational organized crime, you know, that was on this level back in the 60s, 70s, and 80s. And, and so now it's up to us to, to sort of fight the good fight in a, with new new challenges, but it's still the same cause. It's yep. still the same the same passion for nature. Well, Mark, you're, you're carrying on a great legacy, and you're doing great. Uh, I really appreciate you taking some time and visiting with us today, and uh, gosh, we're going to have to do this again. You're listening to yeah, Dale Stewart. To Dale. Yeah, you're listening to Dale Stewart, Nature's Edge, and we will see you in the wild. Visit naturesedgemedia.com. You can check out podcasts, videos, lecture archives from Dale, and much more. Thank you for listening to Nature's Edge with Dale Stewart, brought to you by Angler Magazine of Western North Carolina.